It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Hey, hey. Uh, we when we did that um, last time, we did that panel discussion mm. at Instagram and Cosmo. Which was a strange event, wasn't it? It was a little bit strange. Um, but we did that intro in yeah. front of a packed audience who didn't know who we were, and there was an awkward silence. And I said, and then we usually applaud. And then there was some belated applause. There was quite an applause. But I, when I was listening back to that, I was yeah. a bit cringe. Like was it we cringe? introduced it, and yeah. then we basically had to ask for applause. Like yeah. Bit, bit, bit cringe. Yeah. But you know, different, different crowds. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we've got to be reaching out to new audiences. Yeah. And we and can't expect everyone to be fans of ours. No, exactly. And it was a new audience for us. <laughs> young, shiny people. Oh, yeah, very young. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're back. We thought we would do a quickie about um, uh, the about transphobia, basically. Yes. Because um, there's been a lot of it. Been a huge amount of it. Yeah. Um, and the latest bout of it was at the beginning of the Pride March in London on Saturday. Absolutely. Um, where some, uh, I guess they're known as uh, TERFs, which means trans exclusionary radical feminists, although. Yeah, or just transphobic. Yeah, yeah, transphobic, yeah. People. <laughs> trans exclusionary people. Yeah. There's nothing particularly radical or feminist about it, I don't it's, think. It seems not. Um, mm. But. Um, so yeah, some uh, transphobic people at the beginning of the march distributed uh, some transphobic messages and laid down in the road and mm-hmm. um, and it's been there's been a lot of it and I think probably a lot of this in response to the consultation around um, the changes to the Gender Recognition Act, which is overdue and that's the kind of stuff that we'll be talking about. Yeah. So we'll be talking about. Uh, what happened at Pride and the rise in transphobia that's been happening lately. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk about the GRA and everything you need to know about this. It might be something that you've been hearing about but a bit mm. confused about and uh, we can uh, help kind of simplify that. Uh, and also some other, thinking about some other stuff that you could do to yeah. support trans folk and, uh, and generally get the, generally try to counter the transphobia that we're encountering at the minute absolutely so uh, I think my role in this podcast is kind of more of a an interviewer like an interlocutor an interlocutor yeah good word it's a great word isn't it <laughs> uh, I don't really know what it means but anyway I hope you're to do interlock that you're going to interlock me though I'm not going to interlock you <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any interlock <laughs> Andre's made it weird <laughs> Uh, it's fine, it's fine. Didn't, know, didn't know it was that kind of podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so shall we start with uh, what happened at the weekend, but yeah. also just generally, like, what's been happening and how, like, depressing yeah. and scary that's been? Yeah, it's very depressing and scary, particularly for me as a trans person. I feel really involved with it all because I was marching in Pride um, for the first time in a few years Mm. on Saturday so I was actually in the march when it was delayed and Mm. hearing the news from the front Um, and today I'm off to the government again as for um, another meeting around non-binary inclusion in the Gender Recognition Act which Mm. I've gone to a few meetings about so I feel like yeah it feels feels very sort of personal as well as political I suppose. Yeah you're right in the middle of it. Yeah yeah and you really notice how it 
how your feelings you know sort of when that when the <coughs> when the news came out about what happened in pride i definitely noticed the uh, the impact on my mood and then the next sort of when i went on twitter and saw an, an awful lot of support mm. it really made a difference to me so mm. i hopefully i can speak from for how that kind of support can be really helpful and and what kind of things people can do if they're not already engaged with this yeah mm. um that would be particularly good mm-hmm. um i mean do we need to talk about the the in, the increase in transphobia that we've we've had lately i mean is that something you want to yeah yeah about? i wrote a piece for the conversation about it which i called it the trans moral panic mm. um because i think it is a moral panic um yeah. which it, uh, i looked up the definition of moral panic when i wrote that piece because <laughs> right. i wasn't quite sure what it meant and it it means when a kind of a kind of group is scapegoated as being responsible for all of the ills yeah um and there's a kind of um massive kind of blaming culturally of a particular group like mm. that or a big panic around a particular group mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that the transphobia in past months can- constitutes a moral panic because like there were days in which even one newspaper had three different articles mm. that were negative about trans people mm. and there's this real scattergun to it it's like people are worried about trans people who detransition mm-hmm. or stop being trans which again is a pretty rare thing but mm-hmm. that people get really worried about that they get really worried about young people and whether there's a kind of what they call a social contagion of trans that like loads right. of young people are suddenly being transed by, <laughs> by right. you know by the kind of increase in awareness around mm. it um there's worries about uh, who gets to go to what prisons um in yeah. terms of their gender there's worries about people accessing toilets you know all of this kind of stuff um so, so, and so, and a big, a big panic that somehow the sort of increased awareness of trans people is going to do something terrible to wider fabric of society. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a scary place it would be if everyone, if we could include and respect everyone and know, allow right. people to do gender and how, however they wanted how terrifying. to. That would be really terrifying. And I guess people have got a lot of different agendas with it. So there's mm. been a lot of transphobia on Mumsnet, for example. And again, the agenda there, I guess, is a bunch of parents who who want, you know, if we're going to be as empathic about it as possible, who, you know, who don't want their kids to go through really difficult stuff. And of course, mm-hmm. being a trans or gender non-conforming kid, you're going to have a pretty hard time. Yeah. Um, so this sort of parental concern and wanting you know kids to be quote unquote normal yeah um there's also the the kind of bunch at the front of of trans of um the pride march they were more about worrying that trans activism erases lesbians that was Mm -hmm. one of the signs so Mm. there's a kind of worry that people becoming trans men means that either that maybe some of those people would otherwise have been lesbians or or maybe butch lesbians yeah and they're now going to be trans men and somehow the the lesbians are going to decrease because of it or also concerns around trans women who identify as lesbians and the argument that they're not trans women aren't really women so therefore they shouldn't be allowed to um uh to identify as lesbians and also um concern that they would pressure lesbians to have sex with them Right. As well, um, which is getting very close to the kind of homophobic discourses we saw back in the 80s, mm. which p- suggested that gay men were violent towards women or that they were paedophiles or whatever. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, I think that's one of the things to really keep hold of is if you look at the rhetoric around the 1980s kind of moral panic about gay men mm. um, around Section 28 and um, AIDS and HIV, it's such a similar kind yeah. of thing so it it really is yeah a moral panic about difference and about normality yeah 
um, as much as anything. And it's those, it's that same tactics or the same pattern where it's kind of coming from lots of different places. Yeah, exactly. And so it makes some people think that it's completely okay to be transphobic, where really mm -hmm. it's it's totally not. No, exactly. Um, and it all comes from huge misunderstandings and misinformation. So much misinformation. I'm really angry with mainstream media yeah. um, who have perpetuated a good amount of this mis misinformation. The only newsworthy thing, really, the only thing that's happening in the news mm. is the Gender Recognition Act consultation. Yeah. Now, the Gender Recognition Act has no bearing on any of those things that yeah. we've been talking about. No. It doesn't affect who can go into what toilet. You know, we already yeah. have laws around that. It yeah. doesn't affect who goes to what prisons. It doesn't affect um, how young people who are gender non-normative are treated in medical professions or otherwise. Mm. It doesn't have an effect on any of those things. Um, so every time the media reports on those things, mm. you know, they're basically whipping something up that isn't a isn't an issue. Yeah. Or that nothing. It isn't news. Nothing's happening around those things that's different. No. Um, yeah, and often and often there's misinformation. So the report is around you know new yeah sort of of, often lies or myths or misinformation mm -hmm. that's being put forward as if it is the truth. So could you tell us about what the proposed changes to the Gender Recognition Act are and yeah. compare like the the I guess um, the it seems to me the UK has quite an outdated approach compared to a lot of other countries now. Yeah so the Gender Recognition Act um, that was put together in 2004 it was a pretty good thing back in 2004 and we should just sort of um, give some applause to the likes of Press for Change, you know, mm -hmm. who, who, who did the work to campaign for that, um, that act. So it meant that um, trans people who went through um, the gender recognition process could get a certificate mm -hmm. in the correct gender. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty arduous process for people to go yeah. through um, and it included that you had to say that you'd uh, been living in that gender for two years, mm -hmm. for example, uh, you had to get medical kind of reports um, and a, and a um, committee of people made the decision about whether you got the certificate or not, mm. who'd never met you mm. and were invariably cisgender people rather than yeah. trans people. Um, so it's, yeah, the, the argument on the government website is that it's bureaucratic, expensive and intrusive. Yeah. Um, and they want to change it to make it simpler and easier for people. Mm -hmm. um, ideally from a trans perspective just that people can self-declare yeah. you know what their gender is yeah um and there's a pot potential to include non-binary people who mm -hmm. weren't included before so folks like me who aren't male or female would be able to identify as non-binary or other or they haven't quite decided exactly how that right. would work yet but we'd we'd have another category yeah as well as male and female yeah um so and, streamlining yeah. the whole process yes um i guess also like putting trans folk at the centre of their experience not having cis folk medically saying yeah. that you now qualify as being exactly. trans. Exactly and if we're really taking the stance that everybody's gender is as um, legitimate as anybody else's mm. you know my argument would be well if cisgender folk don't have to do any kind of proof that they're really the gender yeah. that they say they are why should trans people have to do yeah. that? Um, certainly there'll be checks and balances in place for anyone who was um, abusing that system? Mm -hmm. So you know, if you go if you go through it for frivolous reasons or um, abuse it the system in any way, there will be penalties for it. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the other countries where they've brought this in, mm. including the non-binary inclusion in several um, countries, there's been very little record of any anyone abusing it in any way. Yeah. Um, and as I said, it doesn't really make any difference to any to what you'd be able to then do. 
mm. um, even if you did abuse it and said you were a different gender when you weren't actually trans you yeah. know like there's nothing there's nothing that gives you um, you know people can still can already go into the quote unquote wrong toilets or yeah. they can st you know we know the shockingly high levels of sexual violence that there are it's like it's not going to make it any different no. for those things to be able to happen so this is about streamlining the process in order yeah. to in order to um, have your gender recognized yes and also it's demedicalizing that a little bit isn't it yeah. it's kind of and that's one of the that's one of the difficulties that you know we there are so many kind of um, a lot of the discourse that we have a lot of the stories that we have about being trans is that it's all very medical yeah and also that it's a mental illness or a mental disorder mm -hmm. which is the World Health Organization has just changed its thinking on this and taking it out of the realm of psychiatric or mental health issues yeah. and um, the American Psychiatric Association is, is get moving in that direction as mm -hmm. well so there's a pretty much a global recognition now that it's not um, a mental health issue yeah um, it's you know just that some some people will access medical help to help them be more comfortable and consensual in their gender yeah um, and actually some cisgender people do that as well it's not just a trans thing I think we've talked about that on here before sure. actually um, that you know some people um, do access hormones and or surgeries to make them feel more comfortable mm -hmm. in their gender and their identity and their gender expression yeah um, you know things like guys who have larger breast tissue you know who might yeah. want to get that reduced mm -hmm. and and women who have that you know yeah. um, and things like you know going on various forms of hormone replacement therapy mm -hmm. um, and a, we just shouldn't be you know seeing that as more of an issue when a trans person does it than when a cis person no, does exactly. it. No exactly yeah I'm sure if there was a reliable and safe method of penis enlargement I'm sure that that would be right, extremely yeah. popular. Yeah there exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So um, I don't think. I mean, last time I looked, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there I'm pretty yeah. sure there's not now. Mm. Um, so um, refer you back to our episode about small penises. Very popular episode. Yep. Not wrong with a small penis. No, absolutely. On anyone trans or cis. No. <laughs> um, so um, so all it is is streamlining a very difficult process for yes. at the minute because people having to live as the gender that they want to be assigned as mm. for two years without being given any support to do that is yeah. incredibly difficult yeah and it uh, and have has a huge knock-on effect on somebody's mental health because of yeah. the transphobia that they face right so i think there is a you know the so there's a, there's a accuracy in the sense that maybe the kind of amount of understanding and awareness around trans because of this news is going to increase mm. and so hopefully in wider culture there will be more understanding around yeah. trans and now it's not it's not untrue that that will have a knock-on effect that more people will then potentially feel able mm. to identify as trans or to express yeah. their gender in different ways um, there was an interesting analogy that the trans activist Julia Serrano meant with, uh, made with being left-handed. Yeah. Um, although the, you know, these are quite different things, but she made the point that actually the number of left-handed people has increased massively over the last hundred years, and it's because yeah. we're not trying to any more make left-handed people be right-handed. Yeah. But we're just accepting that they're left-handed. Yeah. So again, you know, a, a sense that we're just accepting now more that people can be all different genders. It means there are likely to be more people who are able to to be those genders rather yeah. than trying to hide it and in a similar way mm. uh, people wear glasses more now yeah because there's it's not that there's been an increase in short-sightedness it's yeah. that more people need to see exactly more. but an important aspect of this is that we do need to um 
get clear that there are a range of gender identities, gender expressions and gender journeys that people can take. Yeah. And it isn't about saying, OK, now now more people are aware of trans. You, you know, if you're trans, you have to do these for specific things. Mm. And there is a sense a bit of, you know, a kind of right way to be trans. And that can exist in trans communities as well as it can exist in wider, yeah. the wider world. So I think it's really important to get across to people, including young people, that there are a whole range of gender identities yeah. and expressions and pathways that you might take. And that it's worth, you know, putting some time and energy into thinking carefully about the various options and which ones might be for you and getting some support with that if that feels helpful. Yeah. Um, Did that come from the, the Benjamin effect that I think we've talked about on a podcast yeah, previously? Yeah, that's right. That you know that you had to tell a particular story in order to access services. Yeah, from yeah, the right. first uh, in inverted commas sexologist who came up with the idea of gender dysphoria, which yeah. then became the recommended um, uh, treatment pathway for people who are trans. Yeah. And so yeah, that so, became a dominant narrative. That's right, yeah. and that with dominant narratives, there's always that danger that people can feel kind of pressure to follow just as people can feel really pressured to follow certain ways of being cis which they totally can exactly <laughs> um, you know um, there's a real Id- idea about what what a proper cis man a proper cis woman is and there can be exactly. an idea about what a proper trans person or trans man trans woman or non-binary person is yeah. and we really need to move away from that and get the sense that there's a full range um, of possibilities totally yeah so shall we move on to what people can do I mean yeah. the first thing that kind of springs into my head is that there's definitely a role for sex and relationships education here yeah um, as part of the do RSE for schools project mm. that I worked on with your help um, we've got a whole thing about gender ex- expectations and it's there's a, a, a nice activity where young people can explore actually what gender means on a spectrum yeah uh, and can play around with those ideas of um, different kinds of ways of doing gender and, and critically unpacking the messages that we get about it. I think that's really important. I mean, I suppose we should also say a, a bit, little bit more about why, why is it so important that people do do something and that's because the impact it has. So the, the government also did this big LGBT survey yeah. um, and found that, you know, again, rates of mental health struggles including attempted suicide self-harm is really high amongst mm. trans people and it's it's a bit like brexit has had this knock-on effect on racism homophobia biphobia mm. transphobia you know this this moral panic is having similar knock-on effects on people's mental health mm. you know you just feel it from the inside you yeah know, if, if, when when these kind of things happen and it's really concerning with sort of young people i just feel like maybe a decade ago a young person goes to their family and says they're trans and they're going to get a lot of ignorance mm. but now they might be getting you know real anti-trans perspectives because yeah. you know their parents have likely just read mainstream media and mm. that's what they've been fed there yeah so i think it's that's why it's vital it's like you know literally we're talking life and death for for the more vulnerable mm. people in our community and it's important, I mean, it's an obvious, seemingly obvious point, but it's something that people need to remember is that it's the transphobia that's causing the mental exactly. health Exactly, yeah, because we know again again and again from research that trans people who do get the support they need and are able to make changes, whether that's social or physical changes that feel vital to them, mm. those those folks do fine, you know, yeah. a lot better. It really has the, the impact. That, so, the, so we need to make sure that people are getting support in, you know, and support from friends and family. Mm. It's like still so many people people get rejected by friends and family mm. when they when they come out as trans and that that's got to stop yeah you know? yeah so what can people do um yeah so the gender recognition act consultation is ongoing at the mm-hmm. moment so go and fill that in mm-hmm. you know just look up 
gender recognition at consultation online you'll get to the government pages it's a bit of a long consultation mm. but what they do is really helpful is while you're going through it they give you little drop down menus to explain the thing that they're asking you about mm -hmm. and it also says what the government's position is right. which is usually you know pretty okay so on some of the ones where it's like asking you something that you think well I don't really know about that mm. mostly the government position that they give you is is the way to go um, I would encourage people also there's a bit about should we include non-binary people yeah uh, yes please yeah <laughs> it would be great if you Absolutely. could say we do need to include non-binary people because the other thing that LGBT survey found was that um, the biggest group within the trans group was non-binary people yeah. there were more non-binary people than there were trans men and women added mm. together so we're talking about huge numbers of non-binary folks and we really need to be included and isn't it also true that quite a lot of that uh, quite a lot of that number of were young people as well as increasingly yeah. it's young people like kind of starting to identify as non-binary yeah exactly um you know which i guess you'd expect that you know people are thinking differently about gender yeah um so so yeah we really need non-binary inclusion and again it's that knock-on effect of like if we can have non-binary recognition in the gender recognition act that has that wider cultural shift of opening up gender which you know i would argue is best for everybody yeah um because it will help to loosen that kind of rigid sense of what it means to be a man or a woman which we know is linked to like suicide in men yep. uh, violence in men it's li linked to depression in women it's linked to um low pay in women it's you know yeah. like this is going to help everybody yeah exactly yeah. it's there's a potential for this to be that plus the educative element which we so desperately yes. need um there's potential for this to be a really wonderful change and really yeah. opening up um yeah uh, opening up gender and opening up that people can actually talk about it and not see yeah. their gender as like a default thing and a default set of characteristics they have to embody. Exactly, I think it's really good for everyone to think about their gender wherever it ends up fetching them and yeah. the more we can have that open sense of all the different ways of doing it instead of a sense that you have to do it this way or that way, yeah. the better for everybody. Again, like most of the people I've worked with as a therapist have, you know, had some kind of rigid ideas about what they should be like yeah. in sex or in relationships or just in general that's yeah. had a knock-on effect on their mental health and i would say that was true for cisgender people possibly more than Definitely. trans people so opening this up for everyone to kind of find find the i would say the comfortable and consensual place to be with their gender yeah yeah if you would like to find out more about that there is a really awesome book about this well i think it's all right <laughs> how to understand your gender what's the full title how to understand oh your god gender? it's got one of those silly long subtitles what is it how to understand your gender uh, is it something, something practical something, inclusive something. No, that's <laughs> that's <ours. laughs> anyway how to understand your gender by me and alex ian taffy who has been on this show a couple of times yeah um who i'm actually seeing at the end of this week awesome um yes so th hopefully that unpacks everything you need to know about gender and trans issues yeah more generally um so what else is it that we that would be great for people <coughs> to do? i mean i guess speaking as somebody who mm. assists yeah you know i have a job in this area of course but um so we it's it's sometimes we it's difficult to know how to be a good ally and what yeah. that means and what that looks like well, I tell you what, the day after the Pride March, what made a real difference was looking on Twitter yeah. um, and seeing all these hashtags, you know, that people had come up with to say that they stood against, you know, the, the trans exclusion and the transphobia. So there was yeah. a hashtag L with the T mm -hmm. of lesbians who were saying, no, we stand with trans people. And then there was a B with the T for the bi's. <laughs> and then the sisters, not sisters, as in the <laughs> usual spelling of sisters and then the cisgender, like with a C. Yeah. 
um, and also just hashtag not a debate. Yeah. Um, because that's the real issue is that this is framed as it's a reasonable debate and yeah. it's a real problem with like the way media does things mm. is they're always interested in like two sides of a debate yeah. but there isn't two sides of a debate about whether trans people exist no. you know or whether maybe we should be supported yeah. <laughs> you know, these are not debates no. <laughs> just like, so yeah I like the hashtag not a debate so you know you may want to look at those hashtags and contribute to them mm -hmm. um, depending on which one's relevant to your particular identity mm -hmm. um as you said, you know, learning about gender and trans so that you know it, so that you're not relying on trans people to educate you, yeah. that, but you actually know it yourself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, not just because it's important for supporting trans people, but because it's useful for you to mm. know about your own gender. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you can correct misinformation. So, you know, p by all means, correct people on social media mm -hmm. without necessarily getting into a massive war about it, but correcting yeah. misinformation where you see it and, you know, writing to mainstream media and saying it's not okay to be publishing stories that are misinformation and the impact that that may well have. I mean, the difficulty around the mainstream media thing is that it is literally just coming from everywhere. I yeah. mean, you know, the, the kind of bigotry that we had in the 80s, um, I guess you know, that was also coming from everywhere, but we might get a... We might kind of assume that some, for example, newspapers and some broadcasters yes. might not be doing this, but they all are. They really are, and some of the people, yeah, you would really think would be would be better on this stuff um, are, you know, it, what really gets me is the hypocrisy of some of the papers and yeah. TV shows that are just, you know, doing both. They'll put out something yeah. that's actually pretty good about trans, and then the next day they put out something deeply transphobic. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you really cared about trans, like you said you did yesterday, mm. why on earth would you be doing this today? Do you yeah. not understand the ethical implications of what you're doing? Exactly. Um, yeah. So there are pieces, so rather than looking for, so we can't recommend a source of mainstream media where you can go, where you can go to it and and I get reliable could. information. I wish I could, but even the paper that I thought was doing best on this just recently did a really bad one so I'm like no <laughs> so I guess the thing that we could do is to follow the authors and follow the voices and actually yeah. just be amplifying those particular people there's some amazing trans voices um, in everywhere at the moment but particularly in the UK I think we have this incredibly strong group of sort of trans activists and yeah. writers who are putting out amazing stuff so I mean I cannot name all of the people but following following on Twitter you know just just as if it's something that's out of your own sphere it's really helpful just to follow a bunch of people on Twitter and yeah. get this general sense of what's going on. So people like Paris Lees, mm -hmm. C.N. Lester, Fox Fisher, Christine Burns, yeah. um, Juno Dawson, Juno Roche, like it's just, oh, I mean, yeah. Julia Serrano. Yeah, Julia Serrano from the States, um, obviously Laverne Cox, um, Janet Mock, you know, there's, there's just an incredible wealth. Um, and if you start following some of those folks, then you hear about other folks as well and start yeah. following them. Um, and a lot of them have brought out books recently. So Christine Burns, who is one of the sort of um, activists from back in the day for the first round of the Gender Recognition Act keeps putting out tweets about all of these great books that have come out recently around trans awesome. like like CN Lester's Trans Like Me would be a really good starting point but yeah. there's just there's just loads of them so yeah. yeah so amplifying trans voices you know by retweeting them and um, yeah. we should have a special shout out to Juliet Jakes as well oh yes yeah. yes yeah. a friend of ours yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so oh, trans a memoir is it yeah it's yeah, really really that's great that's really good yeah. yeah it's really like cracking read very entertaining I suppose what I feel as well is there is a book for you whoever you are you know yeah. it's like 
not everybody's going to resonate with it and with each of these books you know some of them are more intellectual some of them are more like um, accessible some of them are you know kind of more of a memoir some of them are more of a um, you know, talking about what's going on. Yeah, you'll be able to find something that yeah. you, that's good for you. And there's a lot of kids' books and stuff coming out as well. Right. Jessica Kingsley, the publisher, has particularly had a really good series oh. um, with a lot of good books in it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that kind of thing about not speaking for trans people. Mm. There's a real, like with sex work, there's a real tendency for people to be a bit of a savior about it. All yeah. the poor trans people. Yeah. You know, let's come in and speak for them. Like, no, we've got so many amazing um, trans voices. There's no need for that. Yeah. Um, and it's not helpful. And it yeah. still kind of has this victim, victim-y kind of feel to it. Yeah. So more like amplifying trans voices, saying how much you've learned from trans folks. Mm-hmm. And again, encouraging like reading trans folks on things other than trans just like we totally. want to have trans actors playing cis parts as well as trans actors playing trans roles yeah. you know we also just want to say these folks are great in their own right not just because they're trans you know exactly yeah um, and I guess supporting trans folk in your own life if there are any yeah um, yeah take them out for a pint or equivalent because they probably need it right about now yeah definitely <laughs> pints hot chocolates yes Hot chocolate actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> I was brought across on today, so I feel that like that was a, a major moment of trans allyship on your part. Oh, <laughs> I really wanted a croissant. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that we want to that you want to? I mean, I'm just really looking forward to when this GRA process is over. To be honest, I feel yeah. like it, it's probably not going to be done until that's finished, and then mm-hmm. hopefully there'll be less to hang the news on and it will yeah. the attention will go elsewhere but I, I suppose the thing to recognise is this is what's happening around trans but it happens around other groups as well mm. and like I guess for me seeing the, the amount of misinformation and lies around this area that I know so much about mm. makes me think when I read you know when the moral yeah. panic turns to sex workers yeah. when it turns to immigrants yeah. when it turns to various disabled groups you know it's like okay yeah. This this amount of misinformation is probably going on there as well. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there'll be the equivalent thing of there will be the voices that we need to be hearing that we yes. that we aren't hearing. Yeah. Um and there will be yeah that level of bullying and int- intimidation and mm. scaremongering. So think, you know, some of those things we said about what you can do would apply you know to all of those other areas as well yeah you know and so yeah if you're thinking about any of these kind of areas just don't go out just don't go online having your opinions about it when you haven't read anything you know that's that's one of the things that really hurts seeing some of my you know feminist colleagues going on and getting all worried on facebook about women's prisons or Mm. something you know that and they haven't even looked at like the stonewall breakdown of what the GRA actually involves no. or what it impacts and I'm like just do your homework yeah. people please you the know information is out there yeah you're uh, really hurting people uh, the internet is a tool for you to learn yes. not a tool for you to just have an opinion yeah exactly your opinions um, we do and c- certainly don't have an opinion just based on what you're reading in mainstream media because frankly they're being morally repugnant at the moment yeah <laughs> yes yeah we'll yeah. talk <laughs> okay yeah. so um uh we still have a we've launched a competition in the last podcast oh yeah how's see that going? people uh, we've had uh, some people being following doing it cool 
Um, do you want to remind folks what that is? Should we, yeah, let's do yeah. it again. Because you're going away for a, for a bit. So I we am. might, we might have a bit States. of a pause yeah. in the podcast. We're thinking about doing a transatlantic podcast. Yes. Uh, about long term, uh, long distance relationships, which would be like, yeah. You know, That'd very really opposite. Good. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, so that would be a technical challenge, but we'll think we'll cope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, the competition is if you retweet um, any of our episodes mm-hmm. and tell us, tell the world why it is you like listening to us, we'll enter you into a hat. Oh, I've got, some, have a, I've got Do you have a hat? Okay. I've got quite a lot of hats. Put yeah. your name in a hat. We'll pull yeah. your neck. You pull, put all of your names into a hat and then we'll pull one name out of the hat right. and that lucky individual what will receive uh, printed copies of our zines, oh. a bit coloured in. Oh, yes. We said a bit coloured in. A bit coloured in, Not yeah. entirely coloured in, no. but a bit coloured in. And maybe you could do some extra drawings in there. That I might. might. Be quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we could, like, annotate them a little bit and we'll sign them. Oh, they're going to be great. They'll be worth a fortune. Collector's item. An absolute fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we become the... When we're lauded as the critical sexology version of uh, Masters and Johnson. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, it should be. Or Kinsey. The yeah. new, the, tw- the 21st century Kinsey. It's not happened yet, has it? Not I don't quite. Maybe optimistic. Not quite, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, do that. And our Twitter is at Meg John Justin. Mm-hmm. It also counts on Facebook as well. Someone asked if, they, if it counts if they do it on Facebook. So we're Meg John Justin oh, yeah, on Facebook. Anywhere, anywhere. Uh, we've got a new Instagram account, which we is do. annoying, isn't it? But there's <laughs> another thing I have to pay attention to. So we're, if yeah. you're an Instagrammer, we're Meg John Justin. Yes. I can't promise that we're going to do a huge amount of There will the be stuff occasional selfies when we can remember. Yeah. yeah. People will have stories and we're not going to be... Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Selfies. Selfies. Yeah. yeah, selfie. I need to up my selfie game, though. Those last ones were not good. Uh, it's, it's just practice yeah, yeah. and yeah. also I think looking at the lens oh okay yeah oh. yeah right okay um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> our website is megjohnandjustin.com where you can find all our stuff yeah including our book enjoy sex how when and if you want to a practical and inclusive guide <laughs> <laughs> oh we're on SoundCloud as well mm-hmm. for the podcast do subscribe and like us and leave a review mm-hmm. we're Meg John Justin if you search for us in your podcast app or just listen for our website grand until next time which may be transatlantic hey are you doing a joke about trans because this has been about uh, trans, transatlantic right no, no. okay Might leave that out <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing a joke okay so until the next time bye bye <laughs>